0: Thank you, Praise Team. I appreciate all you do. You guys are awesome. Yeah, give them a, give them a hand this morning. Well, we're in week two of our All In series, and, and I've invited you to dream big, to, to find uh, your big dream. I, I'm, I have a big dream of, of running the Boston Marathon, and it's bigger than me. I, I appreciate the laughter. Uh, wasn't a joke. Uh, but, but my big dream is to run the Boston Marathon. So last week I talked a little bit about it, and I have started some training on it. And, you know, not, not this year, but hopefully in the, in the coming years. It's a three-year campaign, so I'm giving myself some time. Uh, but I talked about last week, you know, things that I have to do to be all in on that. And one of them was I needed to give up Twinkies. So lo and behold, in my office this morning, what did I find but a Twinkie. And so I don't know who did it. Uh, I would say this, what I really have to give up is $100 bills. Uh, And so I'm hoping that that next week I will find this. Here you go, Eric, you look like a, oh, almost to you. It's a little bit smashed. She's never, I tell you what, you're in for a good experience. Uh, It's a little bit crushed, but it's it's good. You'll, you'll, You'll crush it when you eat it anyhow. Then I've been posting my runs on the internet, my my walk runs, and, and so after I posted one of them, my nephew posted this screen on my page. When my granddad was 65, he started running a mile a day to keep fit. He's 70 now, and we have no idea where he is. <laughs> and, and so I... <laughs> I thought that was that was pretty good. So I have a big dream, and I know you have big dreams. Several of you have shared your big dreams, and, and I really appreciate that. We want to know, because right? I believe there's something within us that allows us to dream big. And, and, and I, I truly believe that when we can dream big on silly things like running marathons, that allows God to work in our lives and allows us to dream big on other things. Uh, you know, one, one of the images Jesus gives is, He says, unless you are like a child, you can't embrace or enter into the kingdom. And there's a lot of meanings that can be assigned to that. But one of the things I think that means is if you can't begin to imagine big, you're not going to be able to see what the kingdom is and what God is trying to do in your life and through you. And so we want to know what your big dreams are. We want to celebrate with you. And and so if there's something that you're, you're that God's laying on your heart and you've been afraid to try, maybe it's open your own business. Maybe it's learn a language. Maybe it's something with education. Maybe it's a relationship you want to restore. Maybe God's placed something on your heart. We we want to know what it is, and and we want to share with you. And if you're willing, we want to share with the congregation how God's moving in your heart. and We want to encourage you. I won't I won't give you twinkies if you're saying you want to lose weight. I'm sorry, Eric, where you. Wanting to lose weight okay good uh but i won't give you twinkies we'll encourage you and and, and i i know the twinkies a joke i'm not offended by it don't 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 think i am it's it's just a, a little slight and it, it's it's funny and and so we want to encourage you and so share on your cards what you're going all in on and and we'll share that with the congregation but i also believe that god has big dreams for his church uh, that 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 God sees, and when I say church, there's the universal church, but but I believe God sees this church, Marysville Church of the Nazarene, and He has big dreams for us. As a matter of fact, I, I believe if we could begin to unpack and see what God has in mind and in store for us if we were just to go all in we would be amazed i believe god has big dreams for his church and he has big dreams for his people and 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 this big dream god wants us to begin to see things in a different light now i don't believe that you just that god just gives you big dreams and, and allows you to live them, I, I think there's a requirement or there's a prerequisite to that. And, and I think it, it's, it's being all in when, when we live, we live God's big dream when we're all in In other words, it's when we sell out to God that we begin to live his dream for our life. And, and when we, we get so caught up in our own plans and our own goals, we miss out on the life that God has in mind for us. Romans 12, 1 through 2 is is really my life verse, or at least my life verse since I've been called in the ministry. And Paul's writing to the church in Rome. And he says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, and I'll add in sisters, and if you have God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. And some translations say this is your reasonable act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And the imagery that, that Paul's using here is, is this idea that the world can conform us to a, to a plan and to a perspective. It, it, can, it can squeeze us in to a certain way of thinking, and God's wanting us to give our entire life to Him so we can live in the freedom of His plan, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That, that when we allow the world to conform us, and, and all of our ideals and all of our perspectives are, are formed by the world world, we miss this big plan that God has in mind for us. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've seen that as, as I've let go of some of my own plans, and I've begun to live in God's plan. As I've operated as a living sacrifice, what I have found is I have experienced things in my life I would have never experienced but for God. And, and so I believe that this this verse is not a this is not a, 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 just a commitment. It's just not taking life. But I believe Romans 12, 1 through 2 is an invitation to a full life. And it's found by letting go of doing things in our own way and submitting ourselves to God as living sacrifices, saying, God, here I am. Use me. Direct me as you will. And so in this all-in series, we, we've been operating with, with three words, invited, involved, and invested. And, and last week, we talked about the invitation. And, and our invitation is based on our desire for something more, that, that it's not based on your, on your past record. It's not based on your name. It's not based on who you're related to. It's not based on your income. It, it's not based on church membership. It, it's not based on, on how you've done in the past. It's not based on any of those things. It's based on our desire to simply want more of him. You know what I like about that? I think that's open-ended. <laughs> that, that, that this isn't just for someone who hasn't begun to walk in relationship with Jesus, but that's for everyone in this room, that we can all continue to have that desire for more. I, I want you to know that I'm in a relationship with Jesus. Jesus. I'm, I'm living as close as I can live. I, I'm not perfect. I, I make mistakes. Say amen, Terry. <laughs> but I want you to know, even in my relationship with him, where I'm desiring him, I want more. And so it's for all of us that, that we can have within us this desire for God, that, that we want more and more and more of him regardless of where we are in our stage of life. As a matter of fact, you know what I found in my life? (laughs) The longer I serve him, the more I want to know him. (laughs) And the more I know him, the more I want to know him more. (laughs) I think that's the meaning of being new wineskins, that God is able to continue to stretch and move and grow us. So maybe this is the check right now if you've not grown in the last 10 years, if God's not challenged you in the last year, if you don't want more of God today than you did last year, maybe this would be a good time just to say, God, forgive me for being complacent and satisfied with where I am. Last month I was reading and and praying and in, in a, in a journal, and I and I I can't remember if I shared this in here or where I shared it, but but God just kind of laid something on my heart and I wrote it out, and I probably won't be able to say it exactly how I wrote it, but but in my notes and my in my journal, I want I wrote, I want to be satisfied with what God gives me. But I want to be dissatisfied with living with less than what God wants to give me. And, and I think there's a there's We can be dissatisfied for the wrong reasons, and we need to be satisfied with what God has given us, but we want to be completely dissatisfied, unhappy with living with less than what God has in mind and in store for us. And so our invitation is based on our desire for something more, but God's calling us beyond invitation to be involved. Now, involved is a negative word. Um, In our culture, people don't like to be involved. Several years ago, and I think it was pre-Spencer, I I think it was just Dylan and and Wyatt, but we were in Florida. Um, Yes, that's right, Spencer. We had a life before you. (laughs) But we were walking, Terry, remember this, we were walking in Florida, and I think, it seems like both kids were in the stroller, and as we were walking, there was a stoplight up ahead, and a car ran the stoplight and had an accident. You know, they, you know, it wasn't a major one, I don't think anybody was dying, but can I tell you what I did? We took the strollers and went, ooh, know you guys are like, I'm a bad, bad, bad person, it was before I was a pastor, I was still a lawyer, and through the week I had dealt with enough police officers and adjusters to last me for a lifetime, so I didn't need that on vacation. And so, you know, we, we moved away, so we didn't have to be involved. We could have involvement aversion. And, and we live in a culture, we live in a time where people really don't necessarily want to be involved. You, you see it more and more. In the church particularly, when we ask for volunteers, it's, it's much easier to get someone to volunteer for one week here and there than a long-term commitment. Uh, now, we're blessed in this church. I, I, you don't, maybe you don't realize how blessed you are. We have several men and women that have taught in our Sunday schools for our kids for years That's unusual. Usually in churches, you're begging for new Sunday school teachers every year. But here we have people that are committed, and I really appreciate all that they do, and they're willing. Yeah, give them a hand. But in this room today, we have varying degrees of willingness to be involved. Um, Think about how you go to the beach, uh, how you go to the ocean. You know, we're talking about this being all in and diving all in. And uh, how, how do you go to the ocean? When, when, let's imagine, okay, somebody's giving you, see, I'm, I'm talking about all these things people give, and so instead of Twinkies, I'm hoping somebody gives me a week at Myrtle Beach instead. Uh, imagine you have a condo on Myrtle Beach, and it overlooks the ocean. How do you do the ocean? Uh, do, do, do you sit on the, on the patio or the porch and look out? And that's how you spend the week. Do you go, do you rent a big umbrella and sit under the umbrella and never venture out into the sun lest you melt? (laughs) Do you sit under the umbrella till you get so hot that you can't stand it anymore and you go to the ocean and you get in up to your knees but no further because you don't want to get eaten by a shark, okay? Okay. Or or do you come to the ocean and you just run full force and dive right in? That's me, by the way. If we get to the ocean at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock at night, I am going all the way in the ocean right when I get there because I'm going to be in the water every day we're there, okay? (laughs) What do you do? See, some people are ready and able and willing to be involved in everything immediately. We have a lady in our church that is involved in everything, and I'm not going to say Mary's name. <laughs> Mary is involved in everything, isn't she, Kenny? Yes. yes. I mean, she jumps both feet in, but not everybody's like Mary. All of us have different levels of willingness to be involved, but, but it's impossible to be all in without being involved. So, so if in your mind you're saying, yeah, pastor, you're right, I, I agree with you, I believe God has a big dream for my life, and, and I believe to, be all, to, to, to live that big dream, I have to be all in. That, that if I live as a living sacrifice, I can live this better life, this better dream than, than anything that I could expect or, or, or have ever thought in my life, but it requires that I'm all in. And, and so if you believe that, If that's true, then the only way that you can be all in is if you are involved. Jesus has invited you not to be a bystander, but to be involved in his kingdom. Let me read some scripture. Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. When Jesus had called the 12 together, you know, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Judas, He gave them power and authority to drive out all the demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If the people do not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when, they, when you leave their town as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere. Now, now this is an interesting, it, to me it's a fascinating, and I've got to tell you, I've wrestled with this passage multiple times because it's before all of the important events of Jesus Ministry. It's before the crucifixion. So, so, so they're preaching the kingdom without this important component, component of Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. <laughs> well, without the blood, without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. And, and so they're preaching the kingdom before this significant event of the crucifixion. They're preaching the kingdom of God before the resurrection. You know, Paul says, you know, know, if we're just preaching and there's no resurrection, we're just wasting our time. And Jesus has involved these guys in the kingdom work before these significant events. They're preaching early in Jesus' ministry before much of his teaching is done. That They're preaching before they have a grasp of what the kingdom even means. Read the Gospels. It's crazy. There's times these guys are really slow in understanding what Jesus wants them to understand. And I can say that because sometimes I feel like I'm really slow in understanding what Jesus wants me to understand. But but there's this one instant Jesus says, okay, who who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah, you are the Son of the living God. And, and Jesus pats him on the back and says, that didn't come from you, but the Spirit gave you that wisdom. And then the passage goes on. It's almost as if it's the same conversation. And Jesus begins to reveal that he's going to go to Jerusalem, and he's going to be crucified, and he's going to have to die. He's going to to rise on the third day. And all they hear is crucifixion, and all they hear is failure. And Peter says, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I know, okay, I know you're the Messiah, and you're the Son of the Living God, but you've got this all wrong. None of that's going to happen. And what's Jesus say to him? What's he say? Get behind me, Satan! <laughs> so this guy that he just patted on the back is so so failing so poorly in understanding the mission that it's as if it's Satan tempting him. These are the guys he sent out to minister. Think of another example. J- Jesus is talking about s- loving and serving one another. And, and in the midst of all this, talking about the cross, he's got James and John's mom coming to him saying, Hey, why don't you elevate my, my sons to second and third in command? They want more authority. Is that okay? You know, so- sometimes in the ministry of these guys, I-, I would imagine that Jesus wanted to tear his hair out. Sometimes with us, he wants to tear his hair out too, I think. They just don't get it. And yet these are the guys he's sending out to declare the kingdom. Twelve of them. Twelve of them. Not eleven. So he's sending out also the one that's going to betray him. It's before the cross. It's, it's before the crucifixion. It's before Pentecost. Now, truthfully, even after the cross and even after the resurrection, I'm not sure they really got it. As a matter of fact, there's, a, there's this portion in Scripture and, and, and Jesus has, been, has, been risen, has risen from the dead and he's, he's, he's met with the disciples and it's in John 21 and all of a sudden, Peter says, I'm going fishing. And it's not, the implication is not, okay, I want to go fishing for relaxation. The implication, because James and John go with him, his former partners, the implication is enough of this. I'm not wasting my time anymore. It's back to work as usual. And Jesus comes and encounters him and restores Peter in that moment. But but even, even after the cross and the resurrection, there's times they don't seem to understand. And then you have Pentecost, right? Well, Pentecost, you know, we would agree... That with the Holy Spirit, that is the power, that is the discernment that God gives us that we can live this life that he's called us to live. And yet even after Pentecost, if you read the book of Acts closely, there's times they don't get it. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus says, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then the Holy Ghost comes, The Holy Spirit comes on Pentecost and they're full and there's this great service and 3,000 men are added to their, their, their congregation on, on one sermon. It was a short sermon too. Maybe we should learn from that. <laughs> that was a good time to say amen. And she, <laughs> praise the Lord. And um, then they just stay in Jerusalem. They, they, they got the Jerusalem, but they just stay in Jerusalem. And, and, and God sends persecution to move them out of Jerusalem. May God not have to use persecution to move us out of our comfort zones. And so, you know, here they are. Jesus has said, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And and, and they still aren't getting that. And it's even after Pentecost, they've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And so then you have this interesting experience and Peter and Cornelius and, and Peter's with Simon the Tanner and, and God speaks to him in a dream where he's dreaming about food. <laughs> I'm glad Peter, I'm not the only person that dreams about food. And, uh, and Peter has this realization that Jesus was doing something that was for everyone. And he tells Cornelius, he says, I now understand that God is no respecter of persons and that that this kingdom is for everyone. You know, you think Jesus was in heaven saying, duh, what did you think I meant? By you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. So, So what's the point? The point is, God involves people in his mission in our incomplete state. He doesn't wait until we have it all together, until everything is perfect to involve us, but he involves us early. We cannot wait until the perfect time to be involved. There's no amount of Bible study where you feel like you'll be perfectly ready to be involved in in the kingdom. There's there's no perfect time on our calendar. As a matter of fact, we have an enemy of our soul that will purposefully deflect you from God's purpose by filling your calendar with less important things. Every, Every once in a while, I'll hear people, and if you're saying this, God bless you, I'll hear hear, every once in a while people say, well, you know, we're just waiting for the perfect time to have kids. (laughs) If Terry and I were waiting for the perfect time to have kids, we still wouldn't have kids. Uh, You know, there is no perfect time. God calls us to involvement before this perfect time. As a matter of fact, this early involvement, I believe, is crucial to our Maturity and our development. See, I think their involvement served the future. Involvement leads to growth. So let me ask you, what what if, what if the answer to your spiritual state was not another Bible study, not another in-depth study of the book of Ezekiel or Revelation, but involvement in the purpose of, of the kingdom we live in an age and and maybe this has been every age I I don't know but but I know we live in an age where we begin to believe that following Jesus is all about studying Jesus (laughs) and if we study Jesus that somehow we're we're fulfilling our, our life as disciples you realize you've not simply been called to be a disciple and you've not merely been called to be baptized, but you have been called to be a discipler and a baptizer. That he has called you to his mission. In organic church, Neil Cole writes this, usually when someone is born again, we say things such as you're, you're just a baby, you're vulnerable and weak, and there's so much you don't know yet there's a mean and wicked enemy who wants to destroy you you need some good teaching and help so don't worry about anything but learning right now go to church make friends with christians and after you've grown we'll talk about getting baptized and serving for now just soak up as much as you can we tell those fresh souls that they're helpless needy and unable and able to f- unable to fend for themselves We also teach them that their nourishment, protection, and training must come from other Christians, so they never really learn to look to God for such things. The result is, we now have a church full of baby geese with their mouths wide open every Sunday waiting to be fed, yet they commonly complain they do not feel fed on Sundays. They remain helpless consumers stuck in their nest who have no idea what it means to take off and soar in formation. They have imprinted upon other people rather than God, and most will spend the rest of their lives soaking up knowledge and doing little with it. Ouch. (laughs) We live in a consumeristic world, and we live in an age where the church is deeply affected by this consumeristic world that we're part of. Uh, Francis Chan, I read where he was in, and, and I believe it was China. It was, it was someplace where the church was under persecution. And he was talking to the other believers, and they were, they were telling him how church looked where they were and you know, how they had to you know, avoid persecution and, and how they had to gather. And, and they asked him, how do they gather in North America? He goes, well, we gather on Sunday mornings in nice air-conditioned sanctuaries, and you know we're comfortable, and we sing a few songs, and the preacher gets up and preaches. And, and if people like what we've done, they come back the next week, and if they don't, they find someplace else that they like better. And all of them just started laughing. He said, What, what are you laughing at? He said, they said, That can't be how you do church. That, that can't be the kingdom. And so Francis Chan said, No, that's, that's pretty much a picture of the church in North America across many churches. And one of them opened his Bible and he pointed at it and said, Where do you find that in here? See, we're not meant to be consumers only of God. Early involvement is the prescription to consumer only Christianity. To serve, to give, to go, to be involved allows us to move outside ourselves and it becomes less about us and more about Him and more about His kingdom and more about others. Where we can either be consumed with ourselves, or we can become consumed with others and serving. Mayor pushing back saying, "Well, these, this is the twelve, pastor. This is you know these are the disciples. You know this is the dream team, if you will." <laughs> And I know you, you can have a different perspective of this. I, I don't know that Jesus called these 12 because they were superstars. I believe he called these 12 because they were ordinary and willing to just follow him. <laughs> I, I think they were willing to say, we're broken, can you fix us? We're, we're broken, can you help us? What we lack, will you work with us? I, I think that the prerequisite of the disciples was not that they had everything together, but they were willing to throw their lives onto him. Luke 10 says this, verses 1 through 3. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among the wolves. Once again, all the things that we could say about the disciples, he's sending out the 70 or 72 before the cross, before the resurrection, before Pentecost, before they would have had a complete understanding of the kingdom. They were not ready by our standards, but they were ready according to Jesus. And then there's something about the number. The 7 and 10. 7 or 10 are important numbers. That's why you see them all the time in, in, in the Bible. 7, 10, and 12. You, you see 12 is the, deci- the, the number of disciples, the number of the tribes of Israel. And 7 and 10 are these perfect numbers. And, and using these numbers together, Jesus is trying to tell us something. He's talking about this perfect unity. He's talking about Everyone. <laughs> And when he's using these numbers, he's saying, sure, I sent the 12, but God wants all to be involved. Everyone in this room, when God is looking into this space right now, he's wanting everyone in this room to be involved. It's an invitation to us all. Now, what I love about our God as he sees us as a whole and he sees us as individuals. You know, when he looks at you, Eric, he doesn't just see, man, that's a bad place to sit, isn't it? You have to find another seat, so you get picked on, get twinkies. But I did give you a twinkie. So when he looks at you, he doesn't just see you, he sees the multitude of people that God can reach through you. And in each individual, I believe God sees multitudes, not just people by themselves. Do the math. I, I was trying to, I, I didn't do it before I got up to preach, but I was kind of, I don't see Amy in here. Well, she was singing. I was kind of doing the math in my head. I, I believe if if one person, if one person were to say, okay, I'm going to win somebody for Jesus this year. I'm going to win one person for Jesus, and, and I'm going to imprint on them the desire to do the same thing. So year one's two. Year two is four. Year four, Three is eight. I'm not going to do it all the way. As I counted it, in 15 years, one person living like that could transform all of Union County. One person. Take that further out. One person could transform the world in less than one generation. When you've not got anything else to do today, do the math it's called god's multiplication. it is how god could take 120 people in the upper room and turn the roman empire upside down in less than 30 years. You know, there's about 100 people in this room. god could use a number of, this number of people and he could transform our county. he could transform our state. not in decades. In years. So are you involved? Are you involved? I and mean, this is a question between you and God. I, you know, I, I believe in our church, for the most part, we have a very high involvement rate. You know, some churches talk about 20% doing 80%. I don't think we're that kind of church. This is a church where more people are involved than, than, than the average church. And, and I'm so, so happy that I'm your pastor because I see what you do but not everyone. And maybe not to the extent that God is calling you. So where can you be involved? All in prayer times. If you're not willing to be involved in anything else, please, please, please pray. Pray. Sign up for for a time that you can spend a few minutes in prayer during that hour for, for the next three years. I believe in prayer. Do you? I believe prayer moves the hand of God. And sometimes... Most of the time, God changes us through prayer and will begin to show you things and lead you in ways that you never thought possible. You're invited to be involved in the move of God and, and you get, we, we need you in our kids' department. We, we need greeters. We need ushers. Uptown Friday night, we've had so many people participate. Uh, Emily told me she hadn't had to beg anybody. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we're having conversations with people about church and God at Uptown Friday night. And it was, it was wine and cheese night, so there, some of them were a little bit tipsy. So I think they were a little bit more receptive this week. I don't know if they were or not. <laughs> they played jazz music all night. Johnny Cash and George Jones. I, I don't know what, what planet that's jazz music on, but... But we need you, and and there's a place for you. And, And it's just a great time to be with other people from the church. VBS is coming up, and we need you for VBS. VBS will be as successful. Vacation Bible School will be as successful as you're willing to be involved and to serve. That's how successful it will be. So what's our next step? Anybody ever join a gym? Anybody ever join a gym and then never go back? Okay, yeah. You know, you join a gym... And you meet with a trainer, and a trainer begins to give you a, 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 a course of action, things you can do. Remind me, we had a guy at, at my previous church that had done some training, and I used to watch him. He'd have a couple guys that would follow him around, and he'd just tell them all these different things to do. And, and so, I guess one day he was having to do some exercise that was a little bit weird, and you know, because trainers will have you do things that are a little bit weird and uncomfortable. And so, doing this weird exercise, and they say, Hey, John, why are you having us do this? He said, Oh, that's just for me. <laughs> 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 uh, I got a kick out of that. But the traders will give you the plan, and, and 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 it's individual. It's it's based on you. It's based on where you want to be. They'll ask you, okay, where do you want to be? What do you what do you want to have to happen? I always say I want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, and see, nobody here knows who Arnold Schwarzenegger is, or you're saying, why do you want to look like the former governor of California? I, you know, I, I, I'm so out of date. And so they give you a plan. That's what we want to do. You know, in, in the past we've done gift testing. We've done ministry fairs, and you have some success with those kind of things, but oftentimes gift testing we use as an excuse not to do the things that we don't want to do. (laughs) And ministry fair is more about the cookie-cutter world of who we are and trying to shove you into different things that we need. Instead, I'd like to have a conversation. I'd like to have a training conversation where we can talk about your hopes, your dreams, what do you want to see happen, with your participation in church, how you want to see God shape you. And so I'm inviting you to a conversation, and you can meet with me, you can meet with other pastoral staff, our ministry team leaders, Nancy Thompson, Judy Lugenbill, Clinton, Emily Lauterbach, Ryan and Mara Castle will meet with you. We, we, We want to have a conversation with you about what your hopes and dreams might be, and maybe have a continuing conversation of how you can be involved. Maybe you're already involved, and, and maybe your involvement's not leading to the, to the spiritual development that you wanted to see, and, and maybe you just want to meet with me and, and talk about other ways that maybe God could use you more productively. See, I, I believe the Scripture's true, and I believe that when Paul writes that we are the body that, that, that somehow in this body is every part necessary to make the body function correctly. I don't think Paul's just, just speaking out of line, but I believe Paul's telling us the truth of God's kingdom. And so I believe in this church as a body, we have all the members necessary to be all that God wants us to be. And oftentimes we find ourselves serving as a hand when we should be a foot or serving as a foot when we should be our hand because that's what the need was. And my vision for us is that we get past that and we have some good conversations and we plug people in where they fit. And I don't think that happens, cookie cutter on the back wall, but it happens in one-to-one conversations. All heads bowed, all eyes closed i think the question you ask today as we go to prayer is where do i fit (laughs) am i involved if i'm involved i'm not involved god where would you like me to start what's my next step so take about a minute it's um five till and then in about a minute or so pastor bob's going to come and close us in prayer our altars are always available, and maybe you want to meet with God up here. If so, I just ask you to be obedient.